Welcome to Dub Nation, the official show of the Utah Warriors of Major League Rugby. I'm Jared Banks, alongside USA Eagle Ashley Burge for the 50th episode of Dub Nation. And I wish we could be marking this occasion with a little more positivity and celebration. Uh, Ashley, a tough week with a loss at home to San Diego Legion that takes us to the halfway mark in the season. We'll break down what needs to change and what already has with some massive news from the Utah Warriors front office. Yeah, not just one tough loss. There's been a few for the Warriors. This halfway point falls at a good time with the bye week. The Warriors have some time off to rest up, recharge, make their changes, and finish the you know second half of the season out strong. All right, we are live on the Utah Warriors Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. Subscribe to the podcast version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and you can send in your questions and comments if you have them. All right, let's get to it here on the show today. We're going to recap the loss at home to San Diego. We will talk to Warriors CEO Kimball Care about a massive change inside the Warriors organization that you may have already seen the news on. The Warriors are on a bye week, so we'll take a look at some of the other games that are in action around Major League Rugby. And we'll close out the show with a great chat with Utah Attorney General Sean Reyes, who will join us on Dub Nation. Let's get right to it. Uh, a game that we both had probably the best seats in the house and one of the most difficult outcomes to swallow, Ashley Burge, with a loss to San Diego. Let's recap the scoring here. Uh, it started with a couple of penalty kicks early, uh, and then the real scoring turned on in the 20th minute with Tavita Tamilau, who scored a Major League Rugby Team of the Week spot at the number eight position with a crashing run for the score here in the 20th minute of the match. Yeah, it was really great. Powerful play by San Diego. The Warriors started off really strong. They got on the board early, which is something they struggled with. And San Diego struck back really quick. So, you know, it was a great team try by them. And then the first of two, just seven minutes later for South African Bjorn Besson, who showed why he came to Major League Rugby and a flash of speed on the outside for the first of his two tries. Yeah, he had a really great night. He was the man of the match. Uh, I had a great interview with him after the game. And he challenged our back three, which is something that, the Warriors are really strong in those positions. So, you know, it was good for them to get a little taste of their own medicine, I guess. Great game. The, by the first of two for Basan. His second came in the 31st minute and another ideal run down the outside for the speedster. This one had a lot of pace on it. Oh, this is the try to Higgins that uh, started the second half in the 41st minute. Higgins, who came on in the substitution. So that was his assist there for his second try that put San Diego up for good. Uh, what what went on in the middle of that was a 36-minute try to Tyler Fisher, who had a great solo effort from about 10 meters out to shrug off a couple of tackles. Fast forward now to the 59th minute, and Calvin Whiting may be seeing a little return to form for the South African Center for the Utah Warriors with a try of his own. Yeah, and these tries gave the Warriors a little bit of hope in the middle of the game. We were all excited about it. The comeback kids, you know, maybe having another opportunity at it. So, you know, it wasn't it wasn't all a San Diego game with these two tries for the Utah Warriors. You know, the Warriors have been really strong in the final 20 minutes. And that almost to the script started with that Calvin Whiting try in the 59th minute. And then uh, it ended up with another uh, for, I believe it was Fisher in the 74th minute here. You'll see the the buildup here, Ashley. Take us through this one. 
Yeah, you know, it was just great composure by the Utah Warriors. They struggled with it a little bit throughout the game, you know, maintaining possession. They're finding space, and it was just a great look by Tyler Fisher to step back inside. He had space outside with a sliding defense. It was great for him to look up and score right underneath the post, so, you know, not leaving it up to a conversion kick. The automatic seven from Calvin Whiting with that over-pursuit of the defense was great, and uh, that really basically takes us to the halfway point here for the Utah Warriors. With the bye week this week, no action to look forward to for a game this weekend. So reactions through the first half of the season, Ashley. What's gone well for the Warriors and what do they need to change? Yeah, you know, they're really starting to gel together as a team. There's been new members that have came in. People are getting switched around in positions with some injuries like Jamie Lane, for example, Yuri Van Ver or, um, sorry, Yuri having to step up. So they're just starting to figure some things out, but they've really got to figure out their patience and their possession. And that's been a common thing as I'm standing on the sidelines. I hear them coming out from half and something that their bench is speaking about. When they have the ball, they are extremely powerful, but they're losing it in their offensive breakdowns, losing it at their set pieces, so just dialing in some of those details. And I think some of that, obviously, with the loss last season with Aston Fortine going to France and the uh, retiring of Matt Jensen, the U.S. Eagle, you know, that left a big hole in the second row. Jamie Lane, the man they called Tree, did a lot to fill that gap, and he was really that enforcer through the first part of the season, but when he went out, with that injury, it's been a struggle for the Utah Warriors in finishing out that second row. So as we look forward now to the second half of the season, let's take a look at the standings and the mountain to climb ahead of us here. Let's start first with the Eastern Conference and give you a look. The New England Free Jacks sit at the top of the Eastern Conference table, three points ahead of Rugby ATL, Ashley. Yeah, it's been an incredible season for them, and it's nice to see them really come together and challenge a team like ATL, New York, Toronto. We thought, you know, Rugby ATL and Rugby New York would be there, and they have been. I think New England, the surprise of the season, and a lot of form there. Uh, Old Glory DC with the release of their head coach last week as well, looking for their first win, just sitting on three points. Now to the Western Conference and what sits in front of these Utah Warriors. The Austin Gilgronis, a big win, sitting at 28 points, followed by San Diego at 26. The LA Giltinis, you know, they are who we thought they were. Sitting there in that third spot, followed by Seattle, Houston, and then your Utah Warriors and the winless Dallas Jackals. Yeah, there's been a lot of switching around in this West Com Western Conference. You know, Houston starting out very strong, starting to struggle a little bit now. L.A. starting off, you know, with a lot of injuries. They're starting to figure out, you know, what they can do to work with that to find themselves back on the top of the table. Austin and San Diego have been really incredible this season. So, you know, I'm excited to see how this Western Conference shifts around the second half of the season. A lot of that form in L.A. can be credited to coach and now starting fly half or any, i.e. the former Sevens World Player of the Year from New Zealand, strapped his boots on uh, as injury cover and has really been fast, fantastic. And they keep getting better. I think as he gets more and more fit and catches back up to the speed of the game, he's been fun to watch in L.A. Yeah, absolutely. I was trying to see if, um, you know, head, co or head forwards coach Robbie Abel is trying to do the same thing here over at Utah at all, but I don't think that's happening. So. <laughs> I keep asking him every week if he brought his boots with him, and he, he says, oh, I got them in the car. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, if Utah wasn't so solid in the front row position, you know, we might need to call on the big man for it. So thankfully, haven't had to have the call up for uh, assistant coach and forwards coach Robbie Abel yet for these Utah Warriors. Yeah, our, our junior Warriors pregame cl Pre-game clinics have been going really awesome as well, so you can get your kids involved in playing in the game. They can come out and hang out with me and some of the Warriors. 
If you go to junior.warriorsrugby.com to get all your information about how to get your little rugby player involved or even just introducing them to the game if they've never been there before. It's a great opportunity for first-time ruggers and those with no with experience. So again, visit junior.warriorsrugby.com to go check it out. Run by our very own Ashley Burge. It's been a lot of fun to watch you build that program, and you're really great with those kids and, and teaching the game to them. So congratulations on all that success, Ashley. Yep, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. All right, let's turn now to uh, what everybody is talking about across Dub Nation, and that is the release of head coach Sean Pittman. We got to sit down earlier today with CEO of the Utah Warriors, Kimball Care, to talk about it. Here's our conversation now with Kimball. Kimball, welcome to Dub Nation. Uh, let's get right after it. The elephant in the room, big changes uh, for the Utah Warriors and the release of head coach Sean Pittman. Talk about the decision and what led to it. Well, uh, as as you can assume, a decision like that never comes easy, never comes quickly. Um, <clears throat> and, you, you know, much to people's probably disbelief, it's not a, a knee-jerk or a rash decision, uh, particularly when you you know, you've got to frame these types of conversations and decisions, um, you know, not just in a, a business decision, but also the human element in that uh, a person's life is going to be affected, um, family, you know, all the other things that go into, you know, a decision like this. So it's not in any way, shape or form something that is taken lightly uh, or, you know, came abruptly, at least on our side. It may have seemed a little bit abrupt to others, but it was something that's been, um, you know, given a lot of thought, conversation, consideration. Um, but really what it, what it boils down to in the long term um, is that we're, we're, we're trying to build something unique, special, and uh, something that can't be replicated in any other city within Major League Rugby. And what that means is that our standards are different. Our expectations are different. Uh, we have to be able to uh, uphold those standards, uphold those expectations. Um, and, you know, when we feel like something needs to be changed uh, in order to do that, uh, unfortunately, sometimes, uh, you know, adjustments in leadership uh, are, are, is part of that. It's, it's just kind of the nature of the beast, unfortunately. Um, Sean Pittman is an unbelievable human being and uh, unbelievable coach uh, but just in, in as we were seeing not only the outcome of this season but also <clears throat> you know the, the the total body of work um, going back to 2021 and even into 2020 we, we felt like we just needed to make some adjustments and with the bye week coming up uh, giving everyone the opportunity and the time to be able to get their heads around things to heal because there's a lot of, if I'm being completely honest with you, there's a lot of um, folks that are kind of asking why. Uh, we needed to have this time to be able to work through some of that uh, grieving, uh, as it were, or, you know, dare I say, um, you know, the divorce, uh, so to speak, between, you know, mom and dad. Um, and just to let everyone know that this is something that uh, is important for our organization to continue to drive um, the high standards and the long-term perspective of building our epicenter of rugby. And this was focused, centered on, this decision was focused on that. Um, but more importantly, you know, looking out for the best interests of our players and uh, Warriors Nation as a whole. 
So talking about the adjustment of leadership a little bit, how does this affect Sean Davies or Robbie Abel? Do their roles change? Same with um, general manager Brandon Sparks. So, so what kind of happens on that HP staff side? Yeah, I appreciate that. That's a good question, uh, Ashley. So thank you. That's one of the things I think just in my sidebar conversations since the release on Monday that went out, um, that was some of the big, the, the, the bigger questions like how, what, what does this look like moving forward? Um, and so really the responsibility will fall really on, on Sean and Robbie to take over uh, in terms of the day-to-day -day coaching. Uh, we've asked uh, Brandon Sparks to step into more of a coach of coaches role. He's not going to be the interim head coach. He's not the the, the head coach. Um, he understands that. He knows that. Um, we'll be setting those expectations internally, but his role and responsibility will to help, you know, get our standards where they need to be the accountability within the organization um, in, in all facets. That's something that Brandon is unbelievable at um, in, in terms of just driving hard at being the best that we possibly can be in, in every way, shape and form. So I've asked him to work with Sean uh, Davies and to work with Robbie um, to help them kind of regroup, refocus, you know, jigger a couple things with the schedule. And they've already begun to work pretty, pretty seamlessly in, in getting that, that path going. So the assistant coaches will essentially be, um, you know, the day-to-day -day, uh, coaching, you know, X's and O's on the field, pregame, postgame, halftime, making the adjustments. And, and all we've asked Brandon to do is to, to help, you know, mentor, manage, and, and upskill those coaches in a lot of the areas that we need, you know, development in, um, you know, man management, um, you know, off the field type stuff, organizational communication, you know, all the other stuff. We have some of the brightest coaches and amazing, talented players. Um, we just need to kind of tighten a couple things here or there. And I think, uh, you know, that that uh, leadership, dare I say, that mentorship, you know, from Brandon will will hopefully help those coaches be able to do what they need to do. So obviously to go from from the outside looking in to go from coach of the year and really being two minutes away from playing for an MLR championship to now being two and six and out the door. Yeah. This can't just be a reaction to the to the start by the Warriors and the record, right? Was there more to it than just the two and six record? Has this been something that's been developing as we project the Warriors future for some time now? And this was just maybe the straw that broke the camel's back? You know, it's yeah. I mean, it's it, it's as you guys know, it's it's a lot more complicated than that in, in in a lot of ways. Some things that candidly, I'm you know, I I would never want to disparage anyone, and I never will, um, you know, publicly or privately. Um, so there's nothing like I, I, there's certain things that I'm not going to share. Um, but the most important thing that that I want everyone to understand uh, with this decision. Uh, is that, you know, we respect Sean. We appreciate all that he's done. He sacrificed and gave up a lot for this organization, genuinely and truly. He is going to be an amazing coach. Um, and hopefully he, you know, gets on with another MLR team or he finds another opportunity. with. I know he's got other opportunities with USA Rugby. Um, but as, as we saw programmatically as an organization and as a team, you know, you take a look at the trends, um, you could probably just distill it down into this. You look at the trends from the team in 2021 uh, to, two th to now. The MO of this team was effectively the comeback kids. You know, they kind of started slow, 
but just by sheer will and determination, they would figure out a way late in the game to figure it out. The law of averages were in our favor in 2021, but in 2022, uh, you know, the, the law of averages wasn't and things began to equal out and we weren't able to get that last bit of something across the, the, the try line or we, we missed a pass when we probably shouldn't have. So the ball didn't really bounce in our direction. And so for us, as we kind of looked at the, the, the analytics of how our players were, were, were trending, you know, overall, these players are some of the best players in the MLR, you know, individually, one by one by one. But we just weren't seeing that gel um, in the way that we needed it to. And, um, you know, we felt like because of that and a number of other factors that, that you know, really kind of layered into to some of these decisions that we needed to make some changes and that the only way to make those adjustments and changes was um, uh, to, to make a change at the head coach. So internally, um, how's this been taken specifically the players, you know, how does this adjust the locker room, the team setting, anything like that? It's hard. I mean, I, you know, just by reading the body language uh, of the players in our meeting on Monday, uh, when we broke the news, um, there's a lot of players that really like Sean and love Sean, like we all do. Um, and, um, you know, it's, 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 it's going to take some time. And that's part of the reason why we knew we needed to make the decision when we did give some time to process, kind of refocus. Uh, we've got eight games. Let's, let's do the best we can to, to pull this back together and, and make sure that we finish things off. Right. Um, you know, I, I've, Jared, you've, you've kind of, you were here a long time ago in 2019. That seems like forever ago, but you saw and felt and, and, and heard what, what 2019 was like. And, you know, some of the cues and the indicators uh, that we saw in 2019 were beginning to kind of pop their head up again this year. And even going back to, to last year, despite the success, we were beginning to see some of the similar indicators there. Um, and, you know, this decision, I, I just want these players to know, and we've been trying to communicate that, that at the end of the day, this decision was made for them mm -hmm. to help them be the best that they can be. And that inevitably, um, everything that we do from uh, facilities to, um, you know, our partnerships with the different sponsors to ticket sales and how we manage our game day operation is to help them put on the best performance that they possibly can. And uh, this is focused on that, but I understand and and uh, we're gonna work through the, the, the pain and the divorce, so to speak. Um, but these guys know, at least for me, that uh, we love them, we appreciate all that they do, and uh, we're gonna get through this. But it's an important you know, process to, in, in order to get us to where we need to get to in the next five to 10 years. When you know as much as a player on the pitch through your personal playing career, as well as now in your management time, how tough a coaching change can be. And now looking for the fourth head coach in the in the team's franchise history, what does that search look like now? And obviously I don't, where this isn't a rash decision, I would assume that you have some targets maybe. Is there hope for the Warriors fans and for Dub Nation going forward for that next position? Yeah, for sure. I, I hope that's, you know, when, when one door closes, another one opens, as they say, right? And that's 
kind of the exciting part of this in, in a lot of ways. Um, Cause now, you know, with the way that the, the national and international market um, is with, with coaches, we got world cup qualifiers coming up. There's going to be a number of coaches that are going to be available that we can have uh, some time to really go through the process. Whereas if we had waited until uh, after the season was done in June or July, you know, let's let's just say that we ended up floundering the rest of the season. Who knows? Maybe maybe we would have turned it around. I don't know. But regardless, if we had waited until the end of the season, um, you know, you're behind the eight ball and you're having to play, uh, you know, the the reactionist rather than the the one that can be uh, proactive with some of those decisions that are vital, that are important. Um, you know, I, I met with a few of the players this morning and I told them, guys, we're not hiring another one or two year coach. Um, this is this next head coach is important. So we're going to be going through the pro the process quite dutifully. Um, and uh, I know we've already had outreach from a number of different agents. Uh, we've got a short list of people that we have uh, that we like, uh, but we still need to let the dust settle. It just doesn't feel right to be thinking or talking about that in any way, shape or form. We got to make sure that we focus on on um, the players, the coaches, and get through this transition as best we can. But um, when the appropriate time is right, we will start making that outreach. And I feel optimistic and excited about that process because now we we have the the ability to control our destiny. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I know this this organization speaks to to family a lot, and in situations like this, it's really important for everybody to just come together and support the decision and and move forward. So. Um, do you see any setbacks from, you know, high performance staff, office staff, anything else that's going to cause any grief moving forward? Or just write it around? We, we, try to, we, we try to stay on top of it as best we can. We, we try to have as many conversations as best we can. Obviously, I can't get to everyone in, in the amount of time that we can, but that's where we have a great and amazing high performance staff, trainers, uh, Josh Enoch as the team manager. I mean, we have a lot of really, really good people. Um, but right now I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we've got two of the best assistant coaches in the MLR and they are, they are bought into this team hook, line and sinker. And they know that this team, what it can be, and they want nothing more than for these guys to be able to play some good rugby and, and enjoy it while they're doing it. And so there's always going to be, um, no, no human relationship is perfect, right? We all know that. And these situations bring that right to the front and, and center of, of, of life. Um, but I, I'm a believer in the, the, the objectives, the missions of what it is that we're trying to build, but more so that people believe and buy into that. And because of that, they are committed um, to, to do everything that they possibly can to help everyone within the organization, players, uh, most importantly right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for them and, and I'm optimistic that uh, we'll get through this, this mm -hmm. transition. So I know when changes like this happen, and obviously we've been here through a couple of them already for various different reasons, this is really a chance for the organization and the fans to kind of circle the rag wagons around the players that we have on the field. Let's kind of change gears now that we've asked some of the hard questions, Kimball. Talk about where we're at going forward. What can these players look forward to from 
the the Warriors admin staff and how can we get them reinforcements and backups? Because obviously this is a very banged up and uh, physically damaged team. Now you want to throw in the emotional damage of a change of head coach. Where are we at now? Because we obviously can't change the past. Looking at going forward and, and changing and resetting the tone. Yeah. Well, I, that kind of comes back to the, 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 the bye week. Part of that's just mentally every now and then we all just need to clear our head. Right. So the timing of this was, was somewhat, uh, you know, dare I say um, fortuitous, that's not the right word given the circumstances, but I think you understand my meaning um, particularly in, in, with regards to your question to the players, you, you know, the, 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 the other resources that we're, we're bringing to bear, you know, we've already got a good relationship with Intermountain Healthcare. We've got a, a great relationship with Restore, um, who's been a great partner to help these guys heal up, rest up physically. Um, but we also have uh, a, a great group of, um, you know, team psychologists that are available to these guys if needed that comes through us through our, our, our partnership with Intermountain Healthcare. Um, and long term for us, you know, we are looking at bringing in other additional coaching resources. Um, some of them we can we can discuss and share publicly and some of them we won't be able to just given some different circumstances. But um, needless to say, we're doing anything and everything we possibly can to give these players the resources both on and off the field to be able to manage their their best possible selves, including, um, you know, their performance on the field. You know, we want to develop these guys in, in all the different facets of their life. So every area and, and thing that we can do to help them, we want to. Uh, but this kind of goes back. Your question kind of layers into the bigger picture, Banksy, where, um, you know, we have plans to be able to to make this the epicenter of rugby for North America and everything that we've been doing in and around these decisions and some of the other things with our partnerships, with our, our coaching decisions, um, everything is about making Utah the epicenter of North American rugby. Um, and there's a lot of other stuff that layers into that, but facilities, uh, the resources that we're trying to provide, we don't want to be second best to anyone. Now it doesn't happen overnight. And, you know, there's a bit of an arms race, arms race within the MLR with some teams having certain things over others. And, but I'll tell you right now where we sit as a team, you know, within the MLR, we, we, we lead the league in attendance. We have some of the best, you know, sponsors um, that any team has in the MLR. We have a, a marketing team that is putting out arguably the best content uh, strategy that any MLR team has most cohesive and the most views, most impressions than any MLR team has. Um, we have uh, a pathway program that is producing talent over talent over talent. And, you know, Ashley's worked really hard in building up the junior warriors. So there's a lot of really amazing good stuff that, that we're doing here to, to move that, that needle in the direction that we need to. And so for us, it's, yeah, this week is hard. No doubt about it. It's probably one of been, it's, it's always one of those hard things when, when change like this happens, but we also have to, to take a step back, take a look at the big picture and understand that you don't get to, to, to build something like we're trying to build without changes along the way. And you've got to continue to strive for excellence and you got to hold ourselves. We got to hold ourselves to a different standard in order to be able to do that. And so I, 
I love the people that we have on board. I've appreciated the time that Sean gave the Utah Warriors to help us continue to move that uh, that bar higher. Um, and he did a great job doing it. But you know where we're where we're trying to go, and where where we were kind of headed. Um, those were kind of two divergent paths that we needed to kind of make some adjustments on. Well, lastly, I'll ask Ben. So we've kind of talked about like, you can talk to the staff internally and you can make it make sense to them you can talk to the players internally you can make it make sense to them to the fans and to mm -hmm. the community who only have an outside perspective and some of them have been quite vocal and had a lot to say um you know what's a what's a last statement just to the community that you're not going to be able to have the personal conversations with just to trust us i know that's sometimes hard <laughs> And I, you know, our rug, the rugby community in general sometimes is such a unique thing, right? Um, we tend to to be really good at crab potting, and you know, we tend to have overly stated opinions. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also, a very small world. We all know each other. <laughs> exactly, and and th and that's great. That's what makes it so unique and powerful. Um, but the 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 thing that I go I keep going back to is the big picture. The Warriors are uh well, let me put it this way utah the, the the rugby community here in utah deserves the warriors and that's not me trying to say anything about me or anyone else like honestly i think take me out and replace me with someone else it doesn't matter like the warriors need to give the identity to this community we we want to give back to this community we want to be a part of 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 helping make this community what we know it all can be and should be, which is the epicenter of North American rugby. And 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 I and I, I know that sounds weird and hard for people to, especially even outside this community. Oh, Kim, well, that sounds a little bit braggadocious, but you know, at the end of the day, we know what we can do here. You know, we're a small market uh, team. We lead the league in in attendance. You know, pound for pound, our youth and college and, and men's club and women's club and high school pound for pound. We, we deliver some of the best results on the field as well as off. And if we can continue to just to kind of keep pushing the boundaries of, of getting better and being better and staying together, we'll, we'll get there well ahead of all these other MLR teams. And that's what I just hope, you know, from our, our rugby community just to trust us that we're, we're trying to do the right thing not only by this organization, but also by this community. I think you nailed it. You know, that the Dub Nation deserves the best version of the Utah Warriors that we as an organization can give it. And we're going to continue to make those decisions to be able to provide that product, not just from an on-the-field perspective, but to honor those traditions of family, respect, community, and, and all the other things that this organization stands for. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to be able to talk to us here on Dub Nation, Utah Warriors CEO, Kimball Care. We appreciate it, brother. You know, only in rugby do you get access like that. You don't see team owners in the NFL or Major League Baseball sit down with their own team podcasts and talk about major changes like that. So again, a lot of appreciation to Kimball Care, CEO of the Utah Warriors, for being here on Dub Nation to talk about the massive changes that went down with the club this week and the release of Sean Pittman as head coach. Well, look, here we are at the midway point in Major League Rugby 2022. There's still a lot of rugby left to be played. There's still a lot of home matches for these Utah Warriors, and you want to make sure that you've got the right kit with the four stripes on when you show up for Dub Nation.
The Warriors team store has added a ton of 2022 gear. If you want all the latest, make sure you get it, including the new sideline apparel from Paladin. You can get your hands on it by going to shop.warriorsrugby.com. You don't want to miss out and have the best kit in the MLR. So no rugby for the Utah Warriors this week on the bye week. So a chance to kind of circle the wagons a little bit, as Kimball said there in our chat, and uh, regroup and figure out what's next for this team as they look ahead. Let's take a look at the action now that is happening this weekend in Major League Rugby and the schedule. Uh, any matches stand out there for you, Ashley Burge? I think there's a lot of good games happening this weekend. The first one that catches my eye is San Diego versus Austin. Um, you know, San Diego's fighting a few injuries, especially with Nate Osberger last weekend. I'm not exactly sure, you know, if he's in or out, but I was rooting for San Diego that week. Um, you know, that's going to be a great match. But, you know, again, I think New England and, and the Seawolves are going to be a great match. Um, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of great rugby played this weekend. And Giltini's at New York. Uh, both of those teams in second and third place in the standings there. So that could be the measure of a top of the table standing and maybe a playoff matchup coming up in the uh, later part of the season. So we'll look forward to all of those. You can catch them on your usual outlets on the rugby network and wherever you watch your rugby. All right. Earlier this week, I got a chance to sit down with Utah attorney, attorney general, Sean Reyes. He's a warriors family member. And earlier this week, we talked about all things, Utah rugby and more. Here is our chat with Sean Reyes. Sean Reyes, the Utah Attorney General, looking real Utah there, cuz. What's up, Jared? How's it, brother? Love it. Representing the four stripes and everything in oh, the yeah, Attorney General's that office side. there. That side, right there. <laughs> yeah. like, Thank you for being here with us on the 50th episode of Dub Nation to talk a little Ooh. rugby, Sean. Thank you. It's an honor. It's an Milestone. Honor. So I know we've had you out to the games before. And uh, you've been able to experience, you know, Dub Nation and all the action at Zions Bank Stadium. What was your first introduction to the game of rugby? Well, because of my Pacific Island roots growing up, you know, we were big fans. Um, and I've, I've been to rugby matches around the world. Uh, 2019 World Cup, I was in Tokyo uh, rooting on the All Blacks. And we came up uh, just short a little bit. Springboks, uh, South Africa won that for their third title to tie New Zealand in the overall uh, number of titles, but uh, my, my kids have played rugby. Um, I'm, I'm not tough enough to play rugby. That's, <laughs> I played football and did MMA, but man, rugby is, uh, is a, you know, tough, tough sport, but it's a beautiful sport. And I'm so glad for Dub Nation. I'm so glad for the Warriors being here in Utah, brother. They've brought an incredible, um, spirit, the mana, the spirit that they bring is is unrivaled. It's like nothing else in sports here in Utah. What does it mean for someone in your position as you go out and you get to do a lot of, I guess, campaigning on behalf of the state of Utah, right? One of the big things I know that you've done as attorney general is really defend Utah's right to operate independently as a state as it was meant to be in our republic. How is it to have something in that jewel box like the Utah Warriors to add to Real Salt Lake and the Utah Jazz and the other franchises that we have here. Sure, yeah, I think it just really helps to have that diversity. People have preconceptions about what Utah is or who we are, and then being able to show off something that's as global and international as rugby at the quality and level that the Warriors offer it, um, the fan-friendly experience. I've brought 
um, you know, VIPs who've come to the state and said, you know what, it's great. I love the Jazz, like you said. I love our college sports teams. I love Real Salt Lake. We've worked with all of those and more and many others, uh, you know, triple A baseball with the B's and but I've brought some guests and said you really want to experience again kind of the warrior spirit and the pioneering spirit of Utah. Come with me to a Warriors game, and they've been blown away. They love they love the experience. It's very accessible um, for many of them. They've never seen a rugby match before, so it's a chance to share some of our culture and talk about the uniqueness of Utah. And so, as you said, it's it's great because I'm often an ambassador for the state, whether that's hosting people here or traveling around the world and talking about it. And I'm proud to say, as you can see from the, the hoodie right there, uh, Warrior Nation, Dub Nation, um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. So how would you describe the game to somebody that's never seen it? You've got a VIP in from out of town. Let's just say it's some international tech company that's looking to make their home base here. And you take them out to a Warriors game you're in the car on the way to Zions Bank Stadium. How do you describe what they're about to experience from a from a fan's perspective to go watch a game of rugby? Well, on the technical side, Jared, it's a great question. I, I kind of tell them, uh, I say, you're a fan of football. And, of course, most of them know a soccer football around the world. I said, well, this is the best of both worlds because do you know American football? And and for the most part, yeah, you know, we've seen a game. Where I'm like, be prepared for the best combination of international football and American football, because in my mind, that's maybe a, a good description of what rugby is like. You have the physicality, um, and frankly, even more so than American football, because you don't, you're not wearing these weapons and, you know, helmets and everything. But with the pace and the beautiful symmetry and strategy of uh, soccer football, and so I, I don't know. I hope I'm not doing it a disservice by explaining it that way, Breta. But that, to me, is a really easy way for people to start to understand kind of the, the game. And then, and then the experience itself. I said, you know, you come to another game where you can, you can get somebody doing the haka and, and, and somebody else um, doing uh, their traditional um, cultural uh, dances and, and, and bring that all together. And it's, it's been just awesome. We had a great Capoeira display at halftime at the last game. You know, I mean, the Brazilians, the Tongans, the Samoans, the Fijians, the Modi, the, the influence. It really is the melting pot that I think represents culturally more who Utah is better than any other experience that you'll get in the state. Yeah, and I've, I've often uh, preached, I think Utah ought to be, we're prepared to be, we have everything we need to be, a crossroads globally for not just commerce, of course, business, but culture and sports is such a significant part of that. And coolness, you know, look, where else do you have Carl Malone and Post Malone and all, everything else <laughs> just right in between? And, and Dub Nation is that perfect, to me, example of bringing it all together. Everybody's humble. You can go and, and chat with the players afterwards. They're not you know, billion dollar, uh, you know, contracts. And uh, I say that exaggerating a little, but, um, you know, they're not just running on to jump onto a jet and, and fly to the next deal. They'll hang out, they'll, they'll, they'll sign autographs, they'll, they'll meet. And, um, you know, we, I don't know if you know this, my group used to be part owners. We, we own the uh, 
uh, Arena Football League team here in Utah, the Utah Blaze. And uh, many of the things that we did for that to make it a, a unique package, I know some of the members of the Warriors team, guys like Mike Deaver, uh, who helped us then, brought some of that energy, yeah. some of that creativity um, over. And then, uh, you know, great, good friends like Kimball Care and, and Wade Sherman and other members of ownership. They're entrepreneurs from the tech sector. They are builders uh, in, in real estate. They know how to put together a, a really cool uh, package and entertainment. Uh, and, and they're just competitors too. They're fierce warriors themselves. So I think the DNA from the top to the bottom of the Warriors organization really reflects both the strength and the beauty of rugby. So let's talk about that warrior spirit a little more and some of the work you do. You know, I mentioned briefly, you know, you're one of the big champions for the sovereignty of the state of Utah as it sits in our republic. But one of the other things that you're so involved with that I don't think you or your office gets enough credit for is the fight against human trafficking. And I know you've been a big part uh, personally through your leadership in the office, but also personally going into operations and performing rescues. Talk about some of that work and where it's been and what you guys are doing. Thanks, Jared. Thanks for raising it because I don't think we talk enough about this issue. And, and that it's happening here in the state of Utah. Absolutely. And regardless of who gets you know credit or exposure, really, so the issue that people are made aware of, and frankly, sporting events, Jared, are a place that these um, types of atrocities often happen or start um, things like the Super Bowl, not not because the, the, the athletic events themselves uh, are supportive or have anything to do with it. It's just whenever you draw people from around the world in an environment <clears throat> where it's harder to keep track of everybody, uh, there's a tendency to have more trafficking activity. But getting back to your initial question, yeah, this is this is one of my my passions: fighting human trafficking, combating modern-day slavery. Since the time I came into office, we've made it one of our highest priorities. Um, and we have, we've investigated and prosecuted some of the biggest cases, not just in the United States, but globally, right here in Utah. And people are really taken aback and said, can that be in this incredible state that's so clean and so uh, beautiful and so well-run and maintained and has such amazing people who are so caring? And, and Utah is all of that. But in part because Utahns are so caring and trusting, they don't think, they can't even conceive that this type of conduct would exist in our own backyard, and yet it does here and in every state and in every nation around the world. And so uh, we've, we've done everything that we can from educating people to changing laws to support victims and those survivors who we were able to liberate. And the rescues are incredible. And they deserve attention. But in reality, that's really just the first step in helping get them out of that environment on the long road to recovery and healing and reclaiming their lives. And I've been involved in so many of these across the globe uh, with organizations like Operation Underground Railroad, organizations like Polaris Project, um, amazing, uh, the Lava Foundation, which you all support. Thank you so much, by the way. Liberate All Value All Foundation is a foundation that a number of us and many Polynesian leaders have created and brought together to help not only fight human trafficking, but domestic violence, an issue that exists in our culture 
Um, you know, watch Once We're Warriors uh, from, from a few years back. Um, child abuse. These types of, I call it bondage. That's physical bondage. Sometimes it's very, very easy to see. But what about the mental behavioral types of bondage that exist? And LAVA helps empower other nonprofits to go out and rescue people from addiction, from suicidality, depression, from self-harm. Um, we also support um, economic bondage, many including our own community in, Pacific, in the Pacific Islands. Um, because of a lack of access to education, job training skills don't have as many opportunities. And uh, health bondage, the last one I'll mention, um, many of our own people suffer from because, again, a lack of education, access, um, so food scarcity or food deserts, um, clean water, clean air. All of these things are things that my office works on, and we work in partnership with groups like the Lava Foundation. And those brave lava warriors that we send out around the world, I, I know our time is running short, but I want to highlight one that, that was just amazing. We've been helping in the Ukraine with refugees there, but prior to that in Afghanistan, uh, I got a call from a friend in the middle of the night, it was early morning, saying there is an amazing young lady, she's 24 years old, and she's standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Taliban in Afghanistan, face-to-face -face shouting them down, saying you will not take away these rights that we've enjoyed for decades now, that have been hard-earned, that Americans sacrifice their, life, that their lives for, that Afghanis sacrifice their lives for. And she's, she was educated, uh, and she was ready to get into a PhD program. The Taliban dropped in, changed the entire uh, lives, turned their lives into nightmares. And she said she led on the streets of Kabul um, and other cities, women fighting with that Polynesian kind of like mana spirit saying, no, we're not going to back down and we'd rather give up our lives. My friend said, please, we need to get her out of there because she's going to get executed by the Taliban. And when we found out that she did want to get away so she could continue her work from a safe place, we brought her here. It was so difficult with all the different uh, political and logistical issues, trying to get into Afghanistan, get her, get her out with her family. And I just did an event with her this, this weekend where she shared her story and talked about um, how appreciative she was to Lava and to the state of Utah and to America for taking her in and giving her a platform now to work and fight back against the Taliban. And her goal is to reclaim the rights um, and the liberties that we take far too much for granted in our country here in America. She's fighting for those. And, uh, and she, her message was, please tell everyone in America, especially those who've lost loved ones over the years in the Middle East fighting, who may think that they're, they didn't make a difference because the Taliban's retaken Afghanistan. She said for 20 plus years, um, it was a miracle to have freedoms and liberties and education for women and job opportunities, things again that we take for granted and that it wasn't lost, it wasn't a waste because those seeds have been planted and they're so strong and they're growing. So I know that doesn't have anything to do with rugby, but I now wanted the, the W Nation to know that because of them and their support for the Warriors and the Warriors support for Lava, these are the types of stories that they're helping bring to pass. And sports, as important as it is, and I played sports at the collegiate level, as important as much as we love them, 
you know, compared to these types of life and death situations and rights and liberties, um, the liberty to even be able to go to a sporting event, those are so critical. And I'm proud to be able to fight for them. And uh, whether it's human trafficking or getting people who are being executed because of their religious beliefs, Christians in the Middle East or anyone anywhere who needs validation, who needs a voice, who needs to be able to be rescued from these types of bondage. That's what we do. And so hats off to you, to W Nation, because what you bring is something very positive. It's something that brings and unites our community together. And unfortunately, I have to deal so often in my day job with the darkness of humanity, with predators and criminals and people who are enslaved and struggling to get out. And it gets uh, heavy sometimes. And then I come to a Warriors match and I let the, all that go. And no matter whether you're rich, not rich, what background, religion, race, you're all together there cheering for our awesome Warriors team. There's something really uh, cathartic about that. It's healing. And it's Look, you know, you always have a home with Dub Nation, Sean. So that's yeah. automatic because uh, thank you for sharing that story. And I'm sure you have thousands of others just like it about the lives that that you've helped change through your office's mission and what you continue to do one more thing and i already know the answer to this before i ask you the question but i need you to be a warrior on one more front for us sean right on, brother. the world cup could be coming to the united states of america the u.s has put in a bid for the men's and women's rugby world cup do you think we could leverage a rugby world cup game here in utah when that happens we hosted a 2002 Winter Olympics. We have the capacity and the capability to do it. Thank you for letting me know, Jared. I didn't realize that we had put the bid in. I know we had been talking about it for some time. Please let me know how I can help. Um, we absolutely could host it here, and we could do it better than many other cities. Uh, there, there, let me say it this way. I don't think there is a better city in all of America to host the World Cup. And here, that's from somebody who's been to World Cup events around the world. Now you were just in Japan, so that's why I wanted to bring it up. Yeah. You saw what they were able to do, even if we're not, obviously, we're not the largest city in the country, but we have the infrastructure and the culture here to be able to host pool play games, I think, in a pretty significant way. That would be awesome. I think they're targeting 2032 as the first, uh, I, I, I might have the dates wrong on that, but uh, you know, we're looking at about 10 years away now from the yeah, opportunity sure. to host the let me, world cup. let me jump and grab something really quick and then i want to answer your question with you one second one second hold on <laughs> look you see this is what happens dub nation when you ask the right people in the right way sean reyes is already on board right now look <laughs> i know i know that look i love the you you can see the youths in the back and i've got helmets and but this uh from the women's rugby champions collegiate rugby champions we got red white and blue Utah, no better state. We're going to bring rugby. If it comes to America, it needs to come here to Salt Lake City, to Provo, to all of these areas. And I'll be on board. Anything you need, brother, any calls you need me to make, any letters you need me to write, because uh, no one can do rugby like Utah and Warrior Nation. Dub Nation, I love you. Brother, thank you so much, Jared. You know, anything you need, we got your back. And uh, I know the season hasn't been quite up to what we want, but you know what? 
come and go the warrior spirit. Uh, we've got a, a long season. We can finish strong, and uh, there's always next season. But rugby's here to stay in Utah. Support our local youth rugby leagues um, and, and our bid. If we can get thousands of signatures um, and people signed up to show their support, I think that would really, really help. So I'm in. A champion for the state of Utah, a champion for our Polynesian people, and now a champion for the Rugby World Cup in America. There you go, brother. And I wish I had my keychain right here. It's it's the it's a rugby ball from Tokyo. And I promise you, Mike Deaver can come up with cooler swag when we host the rugby <laughs> World Cup here in Salt Get Mikey Lake. on the phone. I know he's watching. <laughs> All right. Sean you, Utah Attorney General, thank you so much for your time and being here with us on Dub Nation, my brother. Of course. Hey, and props to the Paniolo hat, because you knew, huh? Big yeah, automatic kind. Automatic uh, kind. <laughs> Sean, thank you so much for being with us on the 50th episode of Dub Nation. All right. Peace. Such a great chat with Sean Reyes, the Attorney General for the state of Utah. So that about does it for the 50th episode of Dub Nation. And that brings us to the halfway point in Major League Rugby 2022. So that being said, get ready for the second half. There are still home games and tickets available. Yep, don't miss out, Warriors Nation. You can get single-game tickets. You can get flex-game packages, as many as four games together for as low as $52. So go to warriorsrugby.com, or you can call our ticketing line at 801-477-7652. That's 801-477-7652. So get your tickets, get your kit, and get in the stands, and let's get loud for the rest of the season. All right, that'll do it for us. Like and share this episode of Dub Nation and follow the Utah Warriors on all of our social media platforms. Our thanks to Kimball Care and Sean Reyes, the Attorney General of Utah. Today's show was produced by Billy Rathule with help from Mason Benson. For Ashley Burge, I'm Jared Banks. For Dub Nation, go Warriors!